0: My father in law, how many of you have known my father in law, Bob Adrian? And what do you know about Bob Adrian, Mike? He's still mad at me for not buying him a steak when I ask him for Elizabeth's hand. What he leaves out of that story is it was Thanksgiving Day, and I don't think his wife would appreciate it, he and I going out for a steak before Thanksgiving, but none of that matters. And I, I told him, I said, in a time we've been married 20, almost eight years. I have fed him the equivalent of a herd of cattle. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Every time he comes, Mike says, When are you gonna buy that man estate? <laughs> but um, actually Bob's gonna be here with us, um, in July. He'll be speaking for us on uh I wanna say it's the third of July. It's that July fourth, you know, weekend. So you'll wanna be here for that. But he's been my mentor in ministry since I was a teenager, just about, and uh he he told me something about Mother's Day. We were He said, now now Paul, he said, there's only one kind of message you need to preach on Mother's Day. And he said, that's a nice message. He said, don't get after the mothers. (laughs) He said, you save that for the next holiday which is Father's Day. Now them, you can get after the guys and they like it. He said, but but do yourself a favor in ministry and don't stand up there and get after the moms. And I've tried to take his advice. I did preach one, one year on Proverbs 31 and And Darlene's the only one that liked it, uh, I think So there are really three kind of messages on Mother's Day There's encouraging messages um, Oftentimes based on the mothers of the Bible Then there there are those messages, Proverbs 31 Where we talk about a mom's duties And then there's, I've done some of these too uh, Where we just honor the moms and stay in whatever series we're in I've done that when we preached through uh, Ephesians Kind of ignored it I don't remember ever doing what we're going to do today. Did you know that moms are mentioned 84 times in the, new, in the Old Testament? 84 separate times mothers are mentioned. That, that's not even counting anew. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. I call this heart work. How many of you think that's a good name for, for mothering is heart work? It, uh, it's, it's, someone once said it's the toughest job you'll ever love. <laughs> And it's true, but I thought we would hear today from one of our own moms, and um, I thought about, now who can I pick? And I thought, well, I could pick my mom, but the problem with that is she knows too much of my, my history. There's no way I'm giving her a microphone with anything that's being recorded. And, 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 uh, and then also, there's my wife, and the difference between those two is only one of them still has to live with me. And so I figured that Elizabeth, if she is nothing, she's wise. And uh, she would keep that in mind. I did come across this. Let me share this, and then I'm going to invite Elizabeth to come up. And I'm just going to actually have a conversation with her. Uh, I have some questions I'm going to ask her. Um, how, you've been a mom 26-plus years, so she's got a little bit under her belt. Been married 28. And uh, I've got a few things I want to ask her that hopefully will be a blessing to all of you. But I came across this, and I thought it was great. I know it's not Christmas time, but if you'll pardon me that, this is called Cloning Mom. It was the night before Christmas when all through the abode only one creature was stirring and she was cleaning the commode. <laughs> the children were sleeping all snug in their beds with visions of Xbox 360 in their heads, and the dad was snoring a front to TV with a half constructed bicycle propped on his knee. So only the mom heard the reindeer hooves clatter. Which made her sigh, now what's the matter? With a toilet bowl brush still clutched in her hand, she descended the stairs and saw the old man. He was covered with ashes and soot as he shrugged. Oh great, muttered Mom. Now I have to clean the rug. Ho, 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 cried Santa. I'm glad you're awake. Your gift was especially difficult to make. Thanks, Santa. But all I want is time alone. Exactly, he chuckled, so I've made you a clone. A clone, she queried, what good is that? Run along, Santa, I have no time for chit chat. Then out walked the clone, her own perfect twin. Same hair, same eyes, same double chin. She'll cook, she'll dust, she'll mop every mess you relax take it easy and watch the young and the restless fantastic the mom cheered my dream has come true I'll shop I'll read I'll sleep the night through from the room above the youngest did fret mommy come quickly I'm scared and I'm wet the clone replied I'm coming sweetheart hey the mom smiled she sure knows her part The clone changed the small one and hummed her a tune as she bundled the child in a blanket cocoon. You're the best mommy ever. I really love you. The clone smiled and sighed, and I love you too. The mom frowned and said, sorry Santa, no deal. That's my child's love she's trying to steal. Smiling wisely, Santa said to me, "It is clear only one loving mother is needed round here." The mom kissed her child and tucked her in bed. Thank you, Saint Nick, for clearing my head. I sometimes forget it won't be very long when they'll be too old for my cradle and song. The clock on the mantel began to chime, and Santa whispered to the clone, "It works every time." When the clone, with the clone by his side, Santa said good night. Merry Christmas, dear mom. You know, you're all right. <laughs> How many of your moms can relate to that? All right, would you, would you join me in welcoming my dear wife to the platform? She doesn't get to do this very often. Let me find you a microphone here. I think there's one here. There you go. We are recording right Okay, very good. All right, she, by the way... You're very excited about doing this, aren't you? Oh, yeah. you Need to hold that closer. We'll never. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those. Um, this is one of those times that um, the biblical concept. Submission. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that word, but seeing that you brought it up, uh, I think we'll do that. Yeah, I appreciate Elizabeth being willing. Um, again, that's not something that is necessarily in your wheelhouse, but I appreciate you being willing to do that. The first is going to come up on the screen here. It's, it's Luke chapter 2 and verse 19. I mentioned it this morning. But Mary kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. Now, as a, as a man, I, I don't know that I can wrap my mind around that verse. Notice it doesn't say Joseph. Um, I'm sure Joseph was planning the next day when all that was going on. But Mary was different. Do you understand what she's doing when it says she pondered those things in her heart? Absolutely. Uh, Well, what does let me in on that. What's that look like? Oh,
1: she's replaying it in her mind over and over. If she had pictures, she'd be looking at pictures. She'd be thinking about how she felt and everything that had happened so she wouldn't forget it. And so she could come back to that memory time and time again, and it would encourage her and uplift her. I'm sure all the moms and women, I think it's a women thing. I don't know if it's a mom thing. Yeah, I agree, know what I mean the first time you held that baby I mean how many times did you replay that birth and the first time you set eyes on that baby oh we know exactly what Mary was talking about
0: well the describe it like that I think I do too like that first time I shot that deer uh, no 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 those turkeys <laughs> the other. no not the same no. okay I'm trying guys come on fellas help me out <laughs> I get that 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 and I, I, but I do think it's different. I think, obviously, ladies and guys and gals are made differently. Um, speaking of being a mom, you've been a mom for 26 and a half years mm-hmm. or so. What? Go back further than that, though. Before you were ever a mother, you're a wife. And before that, you're a daughter. What, what are your earliest memories of your own mom?
1: Uh, my mom was great. I had a, was very blessed to have a great Fun loving mom,
0: she is,
1: uh, and uh, a safe place. She was a safe place. I was very shy as a young child, but if my mom was there, everything was great. If my world, if I felt like my world was turning upside down, if I could see my mom, hold her hand, sit close to her, everything was great. And then as we got older, she got funner. <laughs> she loved <laughs> to play games. She loved to laugh. She did love a clean house, which we yeah. gave her some fits about. But we soon learned what made mom happy. And she, she led us to Christ. I believe she led every one of us to Christ. Really? Yes. And I was, I, she led me to Christ when I was four. And you might say, well, that's kind of young to really know what you're doing. But when that's your life, it's not a big stretch to believe. You, it's not Ooh. a big stretch. I vividly remember sitting down in the living room and her taking her Bible out. And showing me the way of salvation, which I already knew, but she personalized it for me. And she all through the years, she's been a great mom.
0: that's that's great. I, well, you kind of answered this question, but but maybe you could flesh it out a little bit more. how How specifically did she, did did you see Jesus in her?
1: She was always there for us, just like Jesus is always there. Yeah. She was usually kind. she was usually in good spirits. She read her Bible in front of us. She prayed with us. She brought us to church. She made the Christian life normal in our house. Mm-hmm. It was not a big stretch.
0: Wow. That's that's quite a testimony. Now now taking from that, I guess my next question would be how did how did that example and growing up with your mom, how did that transfer into your experience And your own mothering.
1: Well, for many years, I didn't think I was like my mom. I thought I was more like my dad. But in the last few years, I've realized I am more like my mom than I thought. I like to have fun, but I'm not as much of a fun lover as she is. And I do like a clean house, that's for sure. (laughs) And um, I try to make the Christian life the normal life in our home and it not to be any big stretch to pray or to say something about God or to read a verse or talk about a verse. I do not think I'm as successful as, as she was, but I'm still still got a long way to go. <laughs>
0: right. And don't we yeah. all? Don't we all? Um, yeah, I remember that, too, about my mom. And it's funny that Aunt Faith <clears throat> is here because, Mom, how old were you when you got your driver's license? <laughs> I remember it. That's why, that's why I <laughs> asked why she wants to know why no 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 just answer the question you're not to ask you're to answer were you in your 20s right maybe later 20s I just remember that because I remember dad being very wise and wanting to stay married sent you to driving school instead of trying to I remember that and why I remember that is we had to stay home with him which meant working on cars, and we would just cry. Please take us to driving school with you, but we had to stay home. And I remember he was rebuilding an engine at the time, and I learned more about that at the age of three than I ever wanted to know. But I remember Mom and Aunt Faith; they would have so much fun together, and we were we spent a lot of time together when I was young. And I remember one time coming home from school, they would pick us up from school. We're always doing crazy. Things. Y'all know what a Chinese fire drill is? You mostly learn that from your bad friends. I learned that from my mom, um, and we would would we not we would do that crazy stuff in Chinese. And so, mom had this great aunt Faith had this little car. Remember the Carmen Gia had no floor in the back, and we did some bad stuff with that. The Corvair, that's what it was, the Corvair. Mom had this great idea. She made like three giant garbage bags full of popcorn, and at the Chinese fire drill that we always did at this certain stop, we grabbed those. Giant bags, and we literally filled the whole inside of that little Corvair with popcorn to where they couldn't even hardly get in there. It was so funny. But what we didn't think about is that the, the guys, the grumpy guy at the corner there, knew dad and he called dad and said, There's popcorn all over his front yard. <laughs> something to do with ours. But we had a blast. That's what I remember about my, my mom. We always had fun, and she was always up for doing something crazy like that. My mom she? wasn't that crazy. No. <laughs>
1: Different kind of crazy.
0: Well, I, here, here's a question for you, and I know this is something that you and I are are, are constantly mm-hmm. challenged with, and, and hopefully growing in. Uh, but how how does the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, no strings attached, crazy grace how does how does that impact your mothering of our children?
1: It's very freeing. It's very freeing because I only have to be myself. I do not have to be another kind of mother. I don't have to be the crafty Pinterest type mother. (laughs) I don't have to be the healthy guru type mother. I only have to be who I am. And that is freeing. And the truth that my children need me. They need my kind of mothering. They don't need any one of you out here. And, And there are so many out here that are better mothers than I am. More conscientious mothers, but they don't need to. They need me and all my shortcomings and my weaknesses. And the reverse of that is, I need them. Mm. I need each one of them and their shortcomings and weaknesses to mold me into who I need to be, more into the image of Christ.
0: That's true. So, so in other words, you need Ellie.
1: Absolutely. I've told Ellie that that many times. (laughs) Ellie, I need you, and you need me.
0: Wow. That, that that really is powerful. Um, give me, can you can you share maybe some examples of some successes that you feel that you've had as a mother, and maybe even some failures, some things that you wish you would go back and t- take that back. Well, and if not, we'll just share some of mom's <laughs> failures No, I'm kidding. She really didn't have any. <laughs> she was a great mom. She really was.
1: Um, well, hmm. one thing I constantly struggle with is to come out of my drill instructor sergeant mode to get the house clean and get the schoolwork done and be a nice mom and be a happy mom with a smile on my face and be a joyful mom. And I think back to my first family and I' to explain
0: that because they're going to think you know. that we, you were married before, because We everybody. have
1: four <laughs> older kids, ages 26 to 17. Then we have four younger kids, ages 11 to almost two. So with my older kids, I sometimes shudder and mm. grimace when I think Great. of how ugly I was in my quest to keep the house clean, get the schoolwork done, get the laundry done. And I wasn't meaning to be ugly to them. But, you know, you get in that mode and there's so much to do and so little time that you want to get it all done so you can be done. So you can have a few minutes at the end of the day that you that I lost sight that that's not my most important obligation. Mm. My most important obligation was the heart. So those four yeah. older children God sent me. And I... I feel really bad that I've missed so much of that. That I'm trying to do a better job with my younger kids, and I thought it would be easier, but it's not. <laughs> it is not. It's almost harder because yeah. cause I'm older, because I have more kids right. now, and now.
0: And you're not yeah, 25 anymore.
1: I'm not 25, and that makes a difference. It
0: really does. And
1: everybody says to me, oh, that little Jackson will keep you young. Well, he does, and he makes me feel very old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I hear that chasing him around can really yeah. can really wear you out um, how about this thought and you've really hit all around this already but maybe you could speak more directly to it how has being a mother and I'll even add in there being a wife been a discipling factor in your life and, and how have your roles shaped you to look more like Jesus than, than not
1: Well, um, being a mother, especially in the past few years, has really driven me to be a praying person. Yeah, I see that. And a fervently praying person. Because when your kids get old, and I know a lot of you know this, and they move away, that's all you really have is the prayer. And prayer is such a powerful tool and weapon. And I think sometimes as young moms and even older moms, We get so busy in the day-to-day stuff that we forget the most important thing we can do is pray for our children and our spouses. So that has really shaped me and also being driven into the Word of God because I can't give out what I don't have. I've tried. (laughs) It doesn't work. The Bible says what's in your heart is going to come out. And if, if you want Jesus to come out of you, you've got to be like him and you won't be like him unless you're in his word and praying and sitting under preaching that drives you to him. there I do not believe that we can be effective wives, mothers, even just women and men without fervently praying. And here's a plug for our Wednesday night group. If you're not there, ladies, you are missing great, great fellowship, great encouragement, and great um, truth from the Word of God, and it's not too late to join us every Wednesday night at seven.
0: Yeah, and that's just a ladies' meet, and they're actually yes. going through the book called Fervent, right. which is about praying fervently. Um, what about being a, a wife? How does that? How has how has being a just your roles as a, as a, as a wife? How has that God used that to shape you? You sure? <laughs> 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 Uh, turn the CD off for just a second. No, we're going to stop the recording.
1: Well, here's just a silly example I share with the ladies Wednesday night. Uh-oh.
0: Um, Maybe I shouldn't I, I've said before that. I, That's I, not my hunting stuff, shh, is it? Shh,
1: this is my turn. Okay. I enjoy a clean house, but with my children, I don't always get a clean house. So I really try to keep my room and bathroom clean so I can go in there and just have a semblance of order. My husband doesn't share that passion. He Amen. he tries, <laughs> but. And so a couple of weeks ago, when he was gone, I cleaned out his closet, went through all his clothes. I'm still made, looking for stuff. Made everything as neat as I could. Got rid of stuff. Put stuff in the attic. Oh, that's
0: what look I looked next. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> I had one
1: box of stuff for him to go through that I didn't know what he wanted to do with it. So he came in, and he admired what I've done, and he said, well, what's this box? I said, well, that's stuff I don't know what to do with. I need you to go through it. So he rifled through a few things. He said, okay, took the box off the bed and dropped it on the floor where it has sat for two months now. As soon as he dropped it on the floor, I said to myself, yeah, I'll be going through that box too. And his hunting stuff. It's always a constant struggle. We don't have any place in the house to keep it. So it's in a pile, In front of his closet and has been and will be till I go through it. Yes. So I said all that. But it's
0: camouflage, it blends in.
1: I said all that. It does not blend in. It doesn't. As soon as I walk into that room, I see that pile of clothes. And how do you think that makes me feel? Very frustrated, very angry. What's he doing? Why can't he just take care of this pile of clothes? (laughs) Until we went through this book and I realized I was playing right into the devil's plan to get me irritated and frustrated with my husband to be ugly to him, which in turn, I'd be ugly to the whole household. It's just a stupid pile of clothes, and he will take care of it eventually. This afternoon, (laughs) But that's just a silly example of how being a wife and a caretaker of the home has driven me to Christ because those types of little tiny things can ruin you because that's what the devil wants. He wants to come in between us with a pile of clothes. He wants to come in between us with a dirty floor, with anything he can, something trivial, and blow it up huge.
0: Well, well that's – I do regret asking that <laughs> question. <laughs> By the way, shameless plug here, next Sunday, no, no joking aside – is camo sunday we do that once a year so come in your best camouflage i mean that sincerely
1: we have a bunch if you need some yes we do
0: in a pile in a box that i still haven't gone through by my bed (laughs) so yeah sam's all excited about camo sunday all right that's good now let me ask this um and it's kind of a two-part question first part is what are the joys that come from your roles and then more specifically and i think this is where the rub is that we don't watch out for How do you keep those joys, the good parts, from becoming idols?
1: Well, there's so many joys of being a mom. You know, when your kids get along, when your kids do nice things for each other, when your older kids seek out each other to be together. That is so joyful to me. When your kids go out of their way to do something for you before you've asked them. Very joyful. But to keep it from being an idol, you can't... You have to guard against expecting it. You have to guard against letting that, or the lack of that, affect your mood and your behavior, mm-hmm. because then it is an idol. I could say, yeah, I'm, my kids can clean this, or if they don't clean this, then I'm gonna be mad and ugly, and I'm gonna say things I'm going to regret. That's making it an idol. But if it comes spontaneously, You've just got to learn to enjoy it in the moment and not expect it again.
0: Wow. I get that. But I have a hard time doing that.
1: It is hard. Absolutely. And, again, it drives you to Christ.
0: Mm, Very good. Um, Kind of the contrast to that question, what are some of the sorrows of your roles? And how do you guard, as a woman, how do you guard against bitterness in the midst of those sorrows?
1: Well, the sorrows would be, I guess, the opposite of the joys when you have no peace in the whole day because of fighting and fighting and fighting. But when I, I, I don't really think of that as a sorrow. A sorrow to me more would be when we lost the baby in 2003, and it was a true sorrow. And it would have been very easy to become bitter. I remember asking Paul, Why did God give me this baby? I was done having babies. I wasn't looking for another baby. And God surprised us. And it didn't take us long to become happy and excited. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to me as soon as we made that turn and we were looking forward to this baby, God took it. And that was hard. And I remember sitting right there where Andy is. And you preached in Habakkuk the last few verses that say even though there's no cattle in the stall and no crops in the field, I yet will I praise him and I, I said to myself even though there's no baby in my womb I'm going to praise him because the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away was it easy no was I still tempted to become bitter and angry absolutely but I had that to come back to that verse and that assurance that God knew what he was doing and he sent me four more babies and I know every story doesn't end that way. Right. But God so chose to end our story that way and we are so thankful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Well, here's a little shift in the gear. Speak to the single person who's out there who really wants to be married mm. but God has mm. not provided that spouse yet or that person yet. What would you what would you tell him or her, um, what, what advice might you have?
1: Well, I think first of all, I would give them a big hug and tell them I'm sorry. Waiting is hard. And I would try and comfort mm-hmm. because before we can receive truth, we have to be comforted. And waiting is so hard, especially when it's for something big like a husband. I could I could give you verses and examples of people that have not been married that have been such a blessing to my life personally yeah, and to true. the church at large and to certain people because single people are a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. And they come alongside us and t- take up slack where we can't. But I I would just I would try and be very careful not to use cliches. Yeah. Because it's it's people's feelings and their lives. God does know what he's doing and God is omnipotent and omniscient and he has a plan for everybody, but there is a time and a place to say that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. All right. I'm gonna probably regret this one more than the other one I asked you, but I'm gonna go back to it. How can husbands bless their wives, and then you can tag on to that? How can children bless their moms?
1: Well, husbands, <laughs> Pick you know, up guys, you yourselves. should be taking
0: notes right now. Just go ahead and get <laughs> put, it out.
1: Put away your hunting stuff. Put
0: away your hunting stuff. No, Check.
1: We, we we joke about that, but to a busy mom who's trying to keep the house clean, that's a big thing. And I know you husbands. My husband is so busy, especially this time of year, and he's in and out and trying to get everything done. But that's, that would be a huge yeah. thing. And just help out wherever you can, even if you don't have any children at home. If you us, know your wife's love language, what speaks love to them, words of encouragement, acts of service, whatever that is, find that out and then do it. If words of encouragement, lift her up. Lift her up. Encourage her all the time. If acts of service, find something even little you can do.
0: Like put your hunting clothes away. Go through that box.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Bring <laughs> her flowers. Tell her your lover. Anything like that is encouraging to a wife. And children, if you are at home, pick up after yourselves. <laughs> That's a big one. That's, that is a big one. I, I don't think anybody but a mom or a woman understands that. Pick up after yourself. Look out for ways you can bless your mom without her asking. Be kind to your siblings. Be cooperative. And if you don't live at home anymore, call your mom. Message your mom. Keep in touch with her. I love it when Paul and Courtney come just drop by because yeah. they live right around the corner the other night he came by with a movie and a gallon of ice cream that, and his little siblings were so excited and his, his mom father and dad was excited <laughs> were, we're happy to see him and he does that quite often and Anna blesses us all the time as much as she can because she doesn't live around the corner but anytime she comes over she's always willing to jump in and do yeah. whatever needs to be done she takes her siblings for me and that is such a blessing Ellie when she's when she has time and not involved in her school work so much when she plays with her siblings and takes time out and babysits for me and she's she is blessing her mother.
0: It's good. All right, let's flip that around. How can and you've said this pretty much this whole thing, but how how can women bless their families and their relationships not just, you know, what can women do?
1: Die to yourself. that's the essence of the gospel is dying to ourselves and the job of a woman a wife, a mother is to die to yourself Mm. pick up those clothes one more time go feed that baby for the fourth time in the night it's a life of service but that's what God has called us to do and you will not be fulfilled until you die to yourself there will always be that tension there it's, it's a hard life, but it's a good life. And th- there's no way that you're going to die to yourself unless you're immersed in God's word, unless you're in prayer, unless you're in church hearing the word of God mm. spoken. It's futile to even try.
0: That's, that's good advice. All right, th- this one. What do you say to the woman who's just blown it? Mm-hmm. I mean, she, you and I have sat through, unfortunately... I think of several couples we've sat down with and tried to help them. And mm-hmm. The verse that comes to mind is the one in Proverbs, mm-hmm. that there is a woman who pulls down her house with her own hands, and mm-hmm. we've seen that. Mm-hmm. What do you say to a mom who's just blown her roles, how do you speak life and hope into her?
1: I, I would give her a hug and tell her, you know what? God forgives you. Then there is grace. And and there is, there is such forgiveness at the cross of Christ. And if there is life, there is hope. Mm. Nothing is ever too far gone until you have passed on. Wow. And don't give up. Boy, you start where you're at. Don't try to make up past time. You start where you're at and resolve from this day forward to do it differently, to die to self, to let Christ rule, to be immersed in God's word. And... I would just implore her not to beat herself up. We all blow it. on From tiny things to big things, we all blow it every day. And it's a wonder that children turn out as good as they do. Yeah. It's the grace of God that is all there is.
0: That's good. That's really good. Um, I think you ladies have this down pat. I know uh, guys, I've always said the men ever figure it out like the ladies do, we'll rule the world. Um, but how important is a fellowship factor, um, you know, specifically women in fellowship with each other, and what happens when a woman gets isolated and neglects that fellowship? And I mean, like the real thing, not how you doing, nice to see you, mm-hmm. but heart to hearts mm-hmm. connecting. What would you say to that?
1: Well, I think I think women's fellowship is not. Absolutely necessary to live, live a successful Christian life. That's good. But I do think it makes it a lot easier and brings a lot more joy on the journey. I think we need each other as iron sharpens iron to encourage each other, to build each other up. In Hebrews, it says to stir one another to good works mm-hmm. and encourage one another. And if you are a part of our Ladies Wednesday Night group, you've lived that. We have had an awesome time with each other, we've laughed together, cried together, shared intimate details of our life with ladies we know will not judge us and will not condemn us, but will encourage us and rebuke us when we need it. If you are in isolation, you can absolutely live the Christian life that way, but it's not as fun and it's not as encouraging and I would encourage you, get involved somewhere with a group of women, a small group, our group here, because you will, you will absolutely enjoy that and you will learn from one another. Sunday morning church is great, and I would never, never badmouth that, but it's not enough.
0: No, I agree. It is, an,
1: it is not enough to say, hi, bye, how you doing, how's your week? That's not true Christian fellowship. That's right. You need to be in a group with a couple, one or two or even more ladies. It's
0: good. It's good stuff. All right. Well, kind of trying to land this plane, but I thought this was a great question. Did you ever think that your life would look like it does or would have turned out like this?
1: Well, being a pastor's wife is not a big stretch because I grew up in a pastor's home. And when I was growing up, I always said I wanted six kids. So I have eight, so that's not a big stretch. What is a big stretch is I never realized how hard it was to have that many kids and to be a pastor's wife. Right. I never envisioned the amount of work my mother did behind the scenes that I never saw. So yes and no.
0: <laughs> wow, interesting. Well, closing thoughts. This is your last chance to mm. tie up any loose ends or offer that last encouragement.
1: If God has blessed you, with children, love them, discipline them, encourage them, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of God. If God has chosen not to bless you with children, don't you think for one minute that you're any less of a woman. God did not bless me with eight children because I'm a great person. God did not bless these women out here with children because they're great people. I I don't know why God blesses some and doesn't bless others. We'll never know that till we get to heaven. But I can tell you for sure, it's not because you're any less of a woman of God. God alone knows why he does things, and there is a purpose and a reason. But you are just as much a part of this body. You are just as much a woman and just as much a part of your family, even if it's just you, than anybody sitting in this room. Amen.
0: That's good. I shared something with you that I thought was profound. I thought we would use it in closing today. And it's, it's out of Romans 8.1. And it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And here's the thought. Mothers, if you're in Christ... You ought to have no fear of condemnation. You stand in righteousness. And you are loved by God as his daughter because of Christ's work on your behalf. And moms, even though you may feel that you are, the truth is you are not condemned by your messy home. Mm-hmm. You are not condemned by your lack of desire to homeschool your kids. You are not condemned by your personal sins. You are not condemned by the difficulty of caring for your special needs child, a difficulty which wounds deeply. You're not condemned by the knowledge of how easy it is for you to love one child more than the other. You're not condemned by your miscarriages. You're not condemned by your lack of desire to have more kids. You're not condemned because you have no desire to adopt. You're not condemned, even though you feel it, when you read over and over about others' perfect parenting moments on Facebook. By the way, most of those aren't exactly true. You're not condemned by your inability to cook. You're not condemned because your kids are not, quote, unquote, normal. (laughs) You're not condemned because you are divorced and doing it alone. You are not condemned by your desire to be alone and away from the kids for a time every single day. Amen. (laughs) You are not condemned by your body, which may not be what it once was. You're not condemned by your repeated failures as a mother. You're not condemned by your rebellious children. You are not condemned by the frustration of having to scrape mac and cheese off the kitchen floor yet again. You are not condemned by all the fears and tears which flirt with insanity and take, the, and take you to the precipice of despair. You are not condemned by being able to throw the birthday party, not being able to throw the birthday party of the year for your kids. You're not condemned for not feeding your kids meals that did not come from Whole Foods. You are not condemned by your need of a vacation away from the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not condemned because you cannot take your kids on exciting vacations. You're not condemned for not living up to the standards of your mother or your mother-in-law. You're not condemned by these by the stares of those who have no kids when yours erupt into volcanic screams <laughs> in public places. <laughs> Mothers, even though you may feel condemned, if you are in Christ, you are not condemned. And this is the real reality. And you're not condemned because if you are in Christ, your identity as a sinner before a holy God, you are your righteousness is in Christ alone. Therefore, enjoy the unending love, affection, and acceptance of being a daughter perfectly loved with an unwavering love that flows... From your father in heaven. And to all of those who are not mothers. Do nothing. As pastors, husbands, sons, daughters, children, mothers, mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, friends, acquaintances, and advice givers. Do nothing to diminish this reality. Absolutely nothing. Let's close in prayer. And I'm going to pray a little bit differently. Um, I am going to hopefully try to just be real and I'm going to pray a prayer as we close today of just a blessing specifically on this woman who sits here who is not only my best friend but my wife and the mom of my kids so let's see if I can get through this (laughs) Father, I bless Elizabeth in Jesus' name with the choicest blessings of heaven. You have blessed me deeply. Beyond, far beyond anything that I deserve quite often, it is just grace. She is the opposite of what I deserve. And I pray, Father... uh, a blessing from you. I pray that the reality of what Paul the Apostle said under the inspiration of your spirit, that she, that Elizabeth is not condemned, would find a bedrock in her understanding. I pray that the gospel, the freedom that comes through it, would come as easy to her as her next breath. I pray a spirit of joy be on her. A joy that has nothing to do with surroundings, but everything to do with a Savior. I pray over her the blessing of generations. We thank you so much for this little granddaughter who really is the first fruits of I know many more to come. And I just pray the blessing of a legacy for her. And the reason I know it's safe to do that, Father, is because I know her. Her legacy will be yours. She will turn it back over to the gospel and the expansion of the kingdom. I pray that you would bless her with the desire of her heart. And that you would give it to her freely as a good father. And I pray that you would bless her with a husband who is more understanding today than he was yesterday. And more than anything, Lord, I pray that you would bless her with your son. That his love would strengthen her and pick up where her stops. His love would be the encouragement that none of us, try as we might, can give her. That you would always remind her that she is not condemned. but That your son was condemned in her place. So that she could stand before you in perfection. I bless her now in Jesus' name. Amen.